Hey everybody and welcome back to Nerd to the Third, your stop for video games, movies, and nerd culture. Today we're bringing you the power of three with your host, Nick, Nate, and the wind. What's that? The wind. <laughs> <laughs> So we were actually supposed to have a guest on, but we had to get started without her. So hopefully she, maybe she'll be on next episode. So um, real quick before we get started, we'll get some grinding out of the way. Go to our Twitter at TX3Productions on Twitter, ThreadX3Productions on Facebook and YouTube. And just add at gmail.com at the end of that, and you'll have threadx3productions at gmail.com, and you can email us. Also, if you like Apex and you're having a lot of fun with that and you can't wait for that freaking oh, battle pass, then you can go to Apex Legends Hubcast. You can go to Apex Legends Cast on Twitter or Apex Legends hubcast at gmail.com you can check out our podcast see if you like it and if you're from there listening to this podcast hello how are you thanks for thanks for checking us out like nate's mom patreon you can also go to our patreon slash thread x reproductions we got some shout outs for our patreon producers x3 producers we got adam aka i'm not gay i'm kevin we have danny's and mavcop thank you guys so much for doing that if you guys want to support us there is a one dollar a three dollar or sorry there's a one dollar a three dollar and a six dollar tier and you get for, you get different rewards for each one you can go ahead and check that out that would be awesome we love your support and hopefully we give you enough to make it feel worth it so for instance, just for $1, you can get the late night edition, and that gives you pre and post show. This particular pre-show was pretty pretty meaty. We don't usually go on for that long, but we had a pretty rigorating, rig, 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 rigorating? Uh, either riveting or... Um... I think that's what I meant. Rigorous. I think rigorous. Was rigorous. Was, yeah. Yeah. I was going for rigorous. Sorry, guys. Um, we had a very rigorous um, discussion. So that was really, it was really fun. It was really fun going on without a little different mission. We're moving on. All right. So let's get on to our headlines of the week. All right. So. We got some big ones. We got some juicy ones. Juicy, juicy, juicy. So let's start off on the video game side of stuff. Borderlands 3. Very possible. Gearbox is teasing the F out of it. We got something that's very shell-shaded, very Borderlands looking. And they're talking about March 28th, which is PAX, which our own boy, Link. Link is going to PAX. So he's going to check out all the real cool stuff. He's going to report back to us. He might do a YouTube video or we might just have him on the show. We'll, we'll see. But he's going to PAX. I am so jealous, aren't you? Yeah, I've always wanted to go to PAX, right. um, but for me, because I'm in Texas, PAX South, I never know when it's happening until it's already happened. Right. Well, I mean, like, I, I feel like it's more prevalent now that there's kind of like one per season, so it's like, it's kind of easy, but it's just, yeah, I'm super jealous, like legitimately jealous of Link, but I'm also super proud because here we have 
you know, we have a new guy and he is just absolutely killing it in our discord. He's absolutely killing it. And, um, other stuff. We got some sponsors on the way guys, super freaking dope. So please stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be something you're going to want to share with people because it is a dope sponsor, but I can't say too much about it because we do need to make, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's. So, but something coming really speaking of packs, I guess, <laughs> borderlands 3 let's get back to that so borderlands 3 um i don't know like what what are you hoping that we get from this an announcement i mean i think that's what everybody's hoping for um it's pretty i mean it's Thank one of those you, that Mr. if it Big. if it if it would have just been like if they would have just left it at the hey we're teasing something mm -hmm. and they didn't put out that image that's very borderlands-esque mm -hmm. i mean it's one of those that if they pull a blizzard oh and, and they do a mobile oh maybe that. not mobile but don't just don't like say anything about borderlands 3 they're going to lose a lot of goodwill so it's almost confirmed basically that borderlands 3 we will see right which the, the thing about that is what will it be like i remember they had a great conversation about this on kind of funny games daily where they were like in a in a world we live in where in we have world. live service games because if you think about it honestly Borderlands Two is way ahead of its time. Yes, absolutely. In terms of its of its gameplay, so is is it gonna, is Borderlands going to take a Destiny route? You know, are they going to go more live service? Or are they going to stick to their guns and just and just um, retool the game? You know, it's been years since we've had a proper Borderlands game. Which I don't want to say that because the pre sequel a lot of people really enjoyed. Um, mm -hmm. But like a proper new entry in Borderlands, I mean, it's it's been a good while. Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited. I would like to see. So I want more than just an announcement, like an, a confirmation of his existence, because Gearbox in general has actually been pretty quiet for a few years now. Um, other than, yeah, they put out like, uh, you know, hey, we want people to help us create Borderlands 3. You know, other than that, like it's been pretty quiet. So like I want... I want a lot. I want a trailer, obviously, but I also want gameplay. I want them to point out what's going to be different about it. Like, I want in-depth because I feel like this should be ready to go pretty much. And I mean, that might be expecting too much of it. But like, yeah, Gearbox has been pretty damn silent for a while now. So I would really like to see what do they have, what, and so let's speculate really just a little bit because we don't want to go too long. But let's speculate just for a little bit. Like, what, other than maybe a good version of, like, well, I don't know. Like, Division is the is the mark right now for live services and getting a good amount of content for a looter shooter. So that's the that's the 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 level of like live services that you need to bring to the table. So, like, I think I would like to see something like that brought to borderlands 3 what do you think so i really don't know what i want borderlands 3 to be i see what you're saying as far as uh if okay i get what you're saying if if this game is going to be any kind of live service game i think it should be like a division i don't think it mm -hmm. should be live service in the sense of destiny and especially anthem now maybe destiny in the sense of their strikes and their live events yeah. like i could see them in instituting and I feel like, like Destiny, that? that's what they kind of took it from. They took the Borderlands 2, like, DNA and just added stuff that, oh, now you can do it with multiple people. Which, obviously, you could do it with up to four, but it was, you know, now it's a couple of squads of four. Giggity. Not really. You could do it with multiple people. Yeah, that's a giggity right there. Mm -hmm. 
I know, but <laughs> um, no, yeah, definitely. Um, I think what's going to be the most interesting for me is if they're going to kind of stay with stay to their roots and maybe mm. do a more co-op kind of experience like they did in Borderlands 2 or if they're going to transition to a games of service model. That's yeah. going to be the most interesting thing. I think I'm more interested to see what they're going to do other than what Halo Infinite's going to do. Yeah. I mean, I just want to see something different. And I feel like they created the looter shooter because there were plenty of RPGs out there, but they were the first one that added RPG to the shooter aspect in the best way. And so I wanna see what's the next evolution. They thought it was gonna be Battleborn. I'm still a proponent to Battleborn. Battleborn was one of my favorite of that particular year. Um, and like, I saw what they were trying to do and I really appreciate it, but there, was, there were very few people who like Battleborn. So I would like to see what's the next evolution. What's the next evolution of, and if there's gonna be anybody, hopefully, I mean, fingers crossed, there's gonna be anybody to like revolutionize how, you know, like Division Two is the perfect example. They are the mark right now for live services. They learned from their last one and they've made it better. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. And so they are the mark. If anybody's going to mark above Division, I would think it would be the creators of the looter shooter, which was Borderlands. And so I want to see what could they do. Not only that, but I'd like to I'd like it to just be more open because like sometimes the funnest parts were like driving around and stuff, you know, so I'd like to see like, could they make it more open rather than here's a hub, here's a hub. They're all open esque. But I'd like to see like an actual like full blown open world. Now that we have the power of the PlayStation Three, the power of the or PlayStation Three, God damn it! Now that we have the power of the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One and everything, now that we have that power, I'd like to see what would it look like as one whole map rather than here's a map, then you go to the next map, then you go to the next map. Each map was obviously huge, and it was you know able to drive around. But I'd like to see it as one you know consistent world like here's a giant continent and then maybe kind of like in the sense of destiny although like destiny was very small in comparison to each of the borderlands maps at least in my opinion um but like i would like to see what could they do different i want to see what would their what would their version of it be and hopefully it would be better than division two so yeah that's that's what i'm hoping Speaking of bringing it back. Oh, oh I thought, do you want me to go into it? Oh, no. I, <laughs> you like to, you okay, let I'll into it again. like you were going to go into again. it. So speaking of bringing it back, Back for Blood. Now, this is Turtle Rock, uh, the makers of Left 4 Dead. They're going to be getting basically what they say is the spiritual successor for Left 4 Dead. Uh, I could not be more psyched. For the record, I have a boner right now. Yes, yes. I, this I mean, is, it's obviously so, because he looks at me. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing, eh? Mm. Um, so it. when I saw the headlines for this, uh, you know, all of them were like, Left 4 Dead's back, kind of. Yeah, pretty much. There's yeah. stuff like that. But either way, if it's a Left 4 Dead 3 or if it's a spiritual successor, please. I mean, we talked about early in the year, if not last year, the whole thing with uh, what was the game that you played that was supposed to be Left 4 Dead-esque. Oh, you mean Vermintide? No, no, the the alien one. Oh, alien was uh, Earthfall. 
Earthfall. So I remember when it came out, you were excited. I was excited too, kind of vicariously, because I wasn't going to pick it up. Right. But I was like, yes, we haven't had a game like this in a while. But when we have the people who made Left 4 Dead mm-hmm. coming back and they're making a game that's going to be kind of like Left 4 Dead mm-hmm. or even similar in the slightest, give it to me now, please. Give it to we me need, now. We need a game like this. And going back to what we were talking about with Borderlands 3, I hope they don't do anything crazy with this. I want them to just make mm. a, if it's a spiritual, Absolutely. I want them to make Left for, if it's not Left for Dead, make it with the same DNA. Yes. I don't want any live service thing. Maybe some events, maybe, but I don't want an open world. I don't um, want anything like that. Challenges would be good because like Ver- challenges, Vermintide yes. 2 for in, or Vermintide and Vermintide 2, they do challenges and they do have like RPG elements in the sense that whatever like guns you bring into battle with you those can have basically perks so they're all balanced in the sense that like an assault rifle or a gun would do the same damage as a gun it's just that now since you have a higher level gun now it pierces through multiple targets or it slows them down and little things like that but as far as like the damage they do that it's technically the same it's just how many buffs they have to them but I want, like I said, I want the exact yes. same thing to yes. be 100% honest. I love Left 4 Dead's format. You're playing for e- either like just alone or you're playing with four players. You're just going through hordes of zombies and you're following a like kind of story mission. Like each one has each map has its own kind of start and end to it. Mm-hmm. A very linear experience. I want that. I don't want an open world. I don't want anything crazy. If you put in mechanics like challenges or maybe like a live event, like maybe while you're running through this map, every now and then there will be like a big, like, you know, zombie or big kind of like a charger or something like that that comes up in an event you get more XP for. I'm totally mm-hmm. cool with that. But just get like, this is the first time in a while I've said for a game developer, give me what you have done before. I don't want you to innovate too mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. I I want what we had because no one we said this when we talked about Earthfall no one has been able to follow the formula as well as Left 4 Dead Payday exactly. is fun Payday is yes. okay mm-hmm. but no one has been able to recreate the the magic that's Left 4 Dead or Left 4 Dead 2 yeah everybody's been able to make it feel like it but nobody's ever been able to copy it in the most perfect the perfect example and i kind of said this before when i was talking about vermintide but the perfect example is vermintide will be the closest you ever get but it's still not left for dead because what made left for dead so unique is that each level was basically a movie it had three different areas which were three different acts of the movie And that was cool. But what Vermintide does is it almost, it breaks each part, the three acts, it breaks them into separate missions. And so having to get out of the mission just to go back into the mission, the missions themselves are big and they're expansive for the most part, especially in Vermintide 2. They they definitely made it a lot more expansive, but it's still not the same as going from point A to point B. You got that safe house, you load into the next one, you load up on your ammo, then you go into the next, you know, that three act structure is really cool because that three act structure can usually take you about you know, one to two hours, depending on like how, you know, expansive you want, how exploratory you want to be. Um, so like a good, it could, it's basically the length of a movie in some cases. Now, obviously if you speed run it, you could probably do 30 to 45 minutes or whatever, but that's just if you're, if you're not caring about any of the extra stuff, me typically, and I tell me, tell me your experience, but me typically, it was usually an hour to an hour and a half to finish the whole thing. 
Yeah, it would take longer for me if mm-hmm. I was going to try to like look at more of the world or exactly. try to experience exactly. the story a little bit more. But if I just wanted to run through and run through, like like I've done, like well, you beat it once and then you know it. Yeah, if right. I just play through it, it might take me like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean that's my me that's my point is that it felt like a movie, you know, or at the very least right, an episode right. of there was a beginning, there was a middle, and there was an end, and so that's the one thing nobody has ever done. Even Earthfall was the exact same way, where instead of having the beginning, middle, and end, where you get to a safe house, and then, you know, instead of doing that, they just did missions, and so each mission did kind of flow into the next, just like Left 4 Dead did as well, but it just. In Left 4 Dead, they felt like sequels of a movie versus here's, here's you know, a mini-sode. Here's an, another mini-sode. And that's kind of how everybody has done it since they've been trying to copy the, the whole procedure or whatever. But Left 4 Dead. Now, here's one thing that I want to speculate a little bit. It's called Back 4 Blood, which I'm glad they kept the four, <laughs> the actual num- numeral four. Um, but back for blood. Now I'm just going off off the wall right now. But what if the reason they're calling it back for blood rather than left for dead because dead zombies, blood, vampires. Um, now that see, would expand on the lore. The, see now, the thing is, is that with vampires you can still have like dreads, and the dreads are very zombie esque. So. You can still have zombies. It's just that the special type of zombies that we would have gotten in Left 4 Dead are now like vampires type zombies. So, yeah, you could have things like instead of having a. um, Oh, my God. What was the what was the zombie called that wore the hoodie and would strike hunter? Instead of having a hunter, you could have a vampire that has a phase shift ability. Mm-hmm. So, like, you see him, and then you go to shoot at him, and he, like, shifts away over here, and it makes it a lot harder. So, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, so, I I can take that title either as that or take it as a, like, we're back for blood. We're left for dead. We're back. So, True. I think you can yeah, take it one very, or two ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just what I'm going off of because, like I said, dead zombies, blood vampires. That's kind of what I'm going off of, and I'd be okay with that. Now, I'm going to do a deep cut for anybody who played it, but if we got, like, a Dark Watch but Left 4 Dead style, that would be freaking awesome. Oh, was Dark Watch in one? Hmm? Was Dark Watch in one? Dark Watch was a PlayStation 2 first-person shooter uh, made by Capcom, um, and it was it was it was Western with uh, skeletons and vampires. Every gun basically had like a giant cross on it, and it also had a melee ability where it had a blade on all the weapons. So when you meleeed, you'd hit them with the blade. But it was kind of in a sense, it was kind of um, Left 4 Dead esque in the sense that like it had different types of you know quote unquote zombies. But in this, it was like the the zombies, just the regular zombies were like skeletons and they'd come at you with like sickles and stuff. And then they have different types. And so they would, they would have different like vampires. And so they'd have, they'd have different, different types of enemies, but instead of it being in the, you know, zombie universe, I guess it was in the vampire universe. So you also had, I mean, I think at one point you do all start getting like, um, uh, 
like werewolf-esque you know things and you also had like so kind of like a van helsing kind of character yeah and so like you also had like these uh uh what succubuses so you had these like girls and they'd be floating around and and like yeah like go check it out if you guys if you guys really want to go check out uh dark watch go find some like gameplay or whatever and like if we could have something like that but in the left for dead like uh formula dna oh my god so that's that's your deep cut of the day. Moving on up, we also got an in-game trailer, a new trailer. Um, I'm super hyped for, and Nate's not so much. So why don't you start it off? So when the trailer came out, I took to Twitter, and I said, unpopular opinion, that trailer really didn't do anything for me. Um, and what I meant by that was... Whenever the teaser trailer came out for Endgame, yeah. there was a lot of people that had come out and was like, hey, you know what would be awesome and what would be really on brand of them to do with the way that they've been uh, doing their marketing is what if they just didn't show another trailer until Endgame came out? Yeah. And that kind of that idea got seeped into my mind. I'm like, I would really like that because if they just left it as is as the teaser trailer, and even the second teaser trailer was kind of similar to the first one, mm-hmm. I would have been totally happy with that because that I already have my hype and expectations for Endgame. I already have that. Everybody pretty much does. You don't yeah. need to overmarket this movie mm-hmm. in the absolute slightest. Um, so if they would have just left it at that, I think that would have been really awesome because that tra- that teaser trailer was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That was a quality quality trailer it set the tone of the world it set the tone of the movie completely and it didn't show too much so this trailer comes out and my first takeaway of it is they're following the star wars format Mm -hmm. in terms of the trailers that they've that they've done for the past few movies especially force awakens in particular where they're not showing us really anything and the entire like maybe 50 60 percent of the trailer is recut grayscaled footage Mm -hmm. of movies prior which i thought was cool like you know okay let's bring it back to its roots to the actual end game now but you know then it did show some stuff from the movie and none of it really got me super super excited yeah now going back and re-watching it i do have some takeaways from the trailer that i actually really enjoyed yeah. so the first one in the trailer you see hawkeye shooting with his daughter yeah then you see us then you see the next cut is him as ronin which they haven't i don't think they've confirmed that's ronin but i mean it's pretty much he's ronin yeah, right um that and i paused it because i was showing my wife and i was like this is what i like about this trailer the way they edit that and the way they cut that shows and almost confirms that something happened to his family to cause him to go down this path you see him shooting with his daughter they're very happy the next thing you see him grimacing and just killing people Mm -hmm. you know which which the theory is is that the snap uh which i don't remember what they call it in the in the world it's the <laughs> I don't call it this happening. Um, but it basically confirms that his family was taken away from him yep. in the snap. Yep. The other thing that I t- took away from it was if you've seen, you know, obviously spoilers for the other movies, but if you saw Ant-Man and the Wasp mm-hmm. at the, at the in the in credit scene of Ant-Man and the Wasp, he goes into the quantum realm to gather some material so they can study. Well, Scott gets stuck in the quantum realm because superimposed back to where outside the quantum realm when on this roof, the snap, takes away hank pym um the wasp and the original wasp i don't remember their names evangeline lillian um whatever her name is 
So he, Michelle Pfeiffer, thank you. So he's stuck in the quantum realm. Well, in the trailer, you see there's a shot of him looking at this lamppost that's got these missing posters all over it. And Scott just looks utterly confused. It makes you realize, oh, he doesn't know what's going yep. on at yeah. all. He was stuck in the quantum realm when all this was happening. And so there's little story things like that in the trailer that I really did appreciate because it's setting stuff up for the movie and st- setting up ideas that I really enjoy. Yeah. Now, I'm a little unhappy with the not final shot, but the shot before they showed the title sequence because, you know, it shows them teaming up and it was cool to see them all wearing the same uniform suits. But the thing I didn't like is you see Tony and you see Nebula in that walk up whenever they're walking through the hall. And it's like, okay, I understand that, you know, Tony needs to be there, but it would have been totally cool to see, Hey, did he actually make it or not? Like that would have been cool to discover on my own if he was going to be there at the end. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, the other side of it was the theory being the reason why Doctor Strange gave up the time stone is because Tony is the key to saving us all. That's the biggest theory coming from Infinity War. Mm-hmm. So I understand why they showed it in the trailer. And it's one of those if you blink, you missed it kind of thing. So uh, most people have freeze framed on it and, and saw it. So so that's where I'm at on the trailer. Um, I really wish they would have just shown the first one and not seen anything else because I don't think they needed to show another trailer. Um yeah. And like I said, like 20%, 25% of the trailer was stuff from the movie, kind mm-hmm. of. And then the others were just flashback stuff. So, I mean, they did do a good job of not showing you anything at all. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that they did show you in particular with the team up sequence, I was kind of like, all right, I could have done without seeing that. Yeah. I mean, first off, I honestly did not see Tony Stark. So when you told me, I was like, oh, really? He's there? Like, I didn't even see him. So, yeah. Um I, I'm pretty psyched because I like I like the tone of it. I love the matching outfits at the very end. That part just was like, hell yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, I liked it more. However, I definitely can see where you're coming from as far as, like, it would have been nice to just, like, go into it fresh, you know? Um, the one thing I am worried about, though, just from the trailers, I really hope that what we're getting from the trailers is Act 1 because... The one thing about Infinity War that made it so good is that it was pretty nonstop. We started off on the, you know, everybody's dead on the ship. And then we go right into them invading New York. And then they would go right into, and it was very like, boom, 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 boom. Just one thing after another. Now that Thanos has got his way, how much are we really getting? Because... Obviously, just from the trailers, all we're getting is, hey, we're getting the band back together, you know? And so I really hope that's not all the movie. And then the third act is where the action came in. Because just by comparison, um, Infinity War, let's call that part one, obviously. Infinity War was balls to the wall action. Yes, we had little moments like... um, Like... uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision, you know, we had little moments like that, but for the most part, it was wall to wall action. And so what I've seen from the trailer makes me a little worried in the sense that are we not going to get like any action to the very end of the movie? So that's why I hope I hope what the trailer is showing us is act one, you know, act one. 
is them getting back together act two maybe is they try to fight and maybe they don't do so well and then act three is boom we all got the matching outfits and now it's so i mean that's the only thing i'm kind of worried about other than that yeah i'm hyped to the brim of 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 my cup but but yeah i'm a little worried that you know how much action is going to be in this because yeah just by comparison it needs to have similar amount of action so what i'll finish on is I'm, I'm the opposite I'm the opposite with you. I want a good portion of this movie to be the desolation. I want mm-hmm. a good portion of this movie to be the heroes and the world recuperating or trying to after this giant event. You can't just have this giant event happen and then talk about it for maybe 30 minutes and then go into action. I honestly, in some ways, kind of hope half of this movie is them just being like, what do we do? We are lost. We are hopeless. And then like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be totally okay. If the last half or the third act of the movie is where all the action come comes in. Yeah. Um, But that's the thing too. I don't want to speculate too much because we don't like this movie there's nothing like it that has that has been around so we don't know how they're going to incorporate it are they going to do a lot is the first half going to be everyone trying to figure out where everyone's at trying to figure out what we're going to do um but but my main thing is i want a large portion of this movie to be hey we have to deal i I want it to be the um the what's the word i'm looking for you have cause and effect. I wanted them to show the effect. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I want them to have a long period of time where it's like, oh my God, this happened. Like yeah. what's the world going to do? So the, the, so the last thing I'll say is that that would be good as far as a movie goes. But as far as the sequel goes, that's where it becomes iffy. Uh, a perfect example would be um, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, and... Uh, return of the king this essentially is the return of the king and so if we have the same amount going on as in like the fellowship of the ring like i another thing i'll say is that this is an avengers movies so far all the avengers movies have been paced perfectly in my opinion you know the very first one even though we were just getting the band together in that one it was very action-packed you know not wall-to-wall mind you and then we had two and that was very you know very good action-packed very action-packed and i'm so i'm talking about the pacing the pacing is the most important part because if you look at it first one was good second one the pacing was even better and then the third one which was infinity war was wall-to-wall action so as far as if we're looking at it uh if we're looking at it from you know an outline this is supposed to be the climax because this is the this is the end now there is going to be a resolution there's going to be you know exposition obviously or not exposition uh what's what's it called at the end conclusion what's after the conclusion um Ugh. i mean in, in, uh, epilogue thank you is, thank you is... there's obviously going to be an epilogue because after they beat him there needs to be this epilogue and hopefully it'll be kind of like an uncharted epilogue where you get to see you know how everybody's coping with afterwards so hopefully we get that resolution because this is called end game this is the very end of what the avengers have been you know, going towards the the entire Avengers has been going towards this. So we had the snap, and 
So we need some type of epilogue to show us that, yes, everything's returning back to normal and yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, that's what I'm trying to get at is the fact that this is the fourth movie. Not only is it the fourth movie, it's technically the 20th, but let's not go there. <laughs> this, okay, this, I, I, this is number I, four. This is the Return of the King. This is the Return, or the Return of the Jedi. This is the last one, technically, of the Avengers, so it needs to be all the way... This needs to be all the way at the top, not this whiny, you know, bitch fest. Well, you can also look at it in the sense of this is part two. Like whenever they were first announcing the movie, it was Avengers part one and part oh, two. Of course, yeah. So although it is a sequel, it is you know part two to the story. Now I did lie. I am going to speculate a little bit because the more you were talking, the more I was thinking yeah. about it. I think what it'll be is the first act of the movie is going to be showing the effect of what happened, showing the you know Tony lost in space. Okay. Um, showing everyone on earth trying to figure out what's going on like hey how are we going to deal with this how are we going to fix this i think act two is whenever scott lang's going to come into play and him he brings up the quantic realm mm-hmm. and then start to formulate a plan and do the planning process of is this going to work and then i think act three is going to be the the final battle yeah that, that makes sense I mean, I just hope it's good pacing wise, because like even when they were getting the band together in the first one, there was still a lot of action. There was still a lot of really good set pieces throughout. So, I mean, that's just what I'm that's what I and I'll say this about any movie, whether it's an action movie, comedy, drama, pacing is 100 percent, even if it's a drama and there's not technically like a lot of like action, so to speak, but the drama Interesting stuff needs to happen in a good pace to keep you interested. And considering that this is the fourth of the movie, that's what's in the most important to me. If it is going to be drama, it needs to be interesting drama. It needs to be giving me enough to keep me going. So we need to keep it. Or <coughs> Speaking of keeping going, we need to get going. So um, the next headline of the week, and this is probably the best one i would say but james gunn is back this is such an interesting Mm -hmm. this is Mm -hmm. such an interesting turn of events and i told you this on stream if you didn't check it out you can twitch us you can check us out on twitch.tv x3 you can twitch us (laughs) you can twitch us uh we have streams every now and then but we talked about this on stream I think there's a big shakeup going on at Disney right now. I think that they are holding back because they've been very vocal about their planning and stuff like that. But I think us going into phase four, I think they're holding back and I think they're doing a lot of reconstruction at Disney. Something had to happen for him to be able to, to come back into place. I think that there are, I think there's something going on. Um, but what's most interesting about this is that there was no buildup to this. There was no leak of, Hey, there Disney's talking with James Gunn again. It just, came out and happened um and so i don't know if they've just come to terms with something or what i think probably it is is because uh, uh guardian 3 was put on hold until they found a director and obviously they didn't find one so i think kevin feige or someone at marvel came to disney and was like hey look we have this story that it really needs to be told and what i think happened is they probably were really Disney was really impressed by the story they were trying to tell and see the plan that they're trying to do going yeah. forward. And they're like, okay, we need James Gunn back. Um, I do want to read James's response just because it was very, I think it was very well articulated and um, I think it was, it was perfect. So he took to all social media platforms um, with a note that says, I am tremendously grateful to every person out there who has supported me over the past few months. 
I am always learning and will continue to work at being the best human being I can be. I deeply appreciate Disney's decision, and I am excited to continue making films that investigate the ties of love that bind us all. I have been and continue to be incredibly humbled by your love and support. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Love to you all. The other side to this is this is the first time that one director is directing a Marvel movie and a DC mm-hmm. movie in similar proximity yep. to each other. Yep. All right. So what I would like, I like that response. It was very, you know, poised and professional or whatever. I would love to have, you know, like uh, when Keel and Peel, they had um, Obama translator, the angry translator. That's what I would like to hear. <laughs> like Dave right. Bautista needs to be yeah. the angry translator. <laughs> That would be that pretty would, I mean, like, because that, be that was just, perfect. it was so nice. And it was like, oh, we just love each other. And like, oh, my God. But I want to hear what he really thinks, because, because like, that is, that is the professional side of him. And God bless him. And that's probably how he really feels. But there has to be a part of you that is just pissed off about the situation in general. You know, I want to hear, like, maybe I want to hear his brother's side of it. Because, I mean, his brother's, like, really into it. He was one of the characters in the series. Like, I mean, I, I guess I do really want to see, like, what did Dave Batista say about it? What would he really say about it? You know, because, like, it was just... The whole thing was... I mean, we talked about it. I mean, this would have been, obviously, months ago. But we talked about it on the third. And I just thought it was just... I mean, out of all the things out there that could be considered a witch hunt, this was one of them. <laughs> Very much because so. Very this much was so. something that came out years ago. This is something that he already apologized about. This is something that everybody already forgave him about. But for some reason, it had to be brought up again, you know? And it's like, it's funny to see James Gunn's reaction compared to Kevin uh, Hart's reaction. Because Kevin Hart was very much in the mind of, oh my God, why is this a thing? Calm the hell down. Like, I have a friend who's gay. <laughs> that whole conversation. I mean, it, it's funny because, like, yeah, in, in a similar sense of, like, the jokes that he made back in the past were very much controversial in today's lens. And. It was very interesting to see Kevin Hart's like take on that. And it's like that's almost like that's almost the angry rant that I would like to hear James Gunn. But of course he can't because then that would undo all the work that he's done to get to this point. And so I totally understand. But just as like a sketch or something, I would like to see the angry translation of that tweet because <laughs> because it would just be so it would be so awesome. So like Peel or no no, not because Jordan Peel what I would like to see him reprise his role and do the angry translation because that would just, uh, yeah. But I mean, that's great. Let's, let's, let's not get away from, you know, let's get away from the political, like, bullshit side of it. And let's just be like, that's great. Thank God. I mean, you know, controversial topic here, but it's like, thank God Disney got their head out of their ass because, I mean, that's really what happened. They're like, oh, no, money and, you know, political stuff. It's like, thank God they just got their head out of their ass because, I mean, that was just the most frustrating part about it is that this was already a thing why is it suddenly a thing now like is that what i'm gonna have to worry about oh i put out a tweet i apologized about it and then six years later they bring up that same tweet again and i'll be like oh i'm sorry again so let's move on let's just 
let's just just like James Gunn, let's just go ahead and move on and let's just focus on being nice to each other. Let's focus on being good to each other. Let's continue to evolve. Let's continue to talk it out. You know, because I feel like if there would have been an actual conversation, that's what would have changed. You know, a changed. That's the one thing I don't like about my voice right now. I'm on the mend. I'm much better, but I still have those like puberty moments where I'm like, hey guys, how's it going? Oh, geez, man, I don't know. <clears throat> oh, geez, Rick, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know what she's got to come back with. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, that's what we have for the headlines. We're super psyched for Borderlands 3. I can't wait to see literally anything for back for blood in game you know let's go for it and james gunn thank god he's back all right so let's go right into the weekly grind all right so weekly grind we're gonna talk about what we've been up to what have we been doing so both of us if you didn't see the stream you can twitch us apparently you can Twitch us on ThreadX Reproductions, um, but yeah, we played it. We're loving it. I mean, let's let's get let's get into the nitty gritty. We kind of already talked about it enough when we were talking about our beta impressions. So if you want to, you can go back and go that. What I thought would be nice, so that we're not talking about the exact same thing. Is let's talk about like some of the little things that they've been able to change from one to two. You know, like for instance, if you played one and you were just like, eh, I don't really care, you know, it didn't really hit me the right way or something like that. Let us tell you like what's different about it in the sense that what did they change about it? What did they make better? Cause like, that's like, I feel like there are even some people who maybe they didn't try the first one because of what they heard about it. So now let us try to tell you like what we think is different about it and what makes it better. So you want to start us off? Yeah. So my, my opinion is actually very interesting because before division two came out, I actually went back and, and was playing more right. division one. And I feel like that gives me an interesting lens on the situation just because I have a direct comparison going back and forth. So the, the first thing about Division 2 that I am, am absolutely loving is I feel like Division 2 is giving me much more of a reason to play the game. I feel mm -hmm. like the incentivization model in this game is way better than the first. I got all the way over the course of two or three years because I would pick it up and, and put it back down. On Division 1, I got up to about 20, oh, I believe. Um I got, I mean, I got up decently, I think. I mean, I was, I, I'm pretty sure I was around 20, but anyway, even up at that point, I didn't feel incentivized to play the game. I didn't feel like there was anything that was, I mean, getting the guns was cool, but I felt like it was way more mm -hmm, of a grind mm -hmm. to, to go through and let me get this gun so I can just play this True. mission. Yeah. Division two doesn't seem like that at all. So far. Let's um, put that caveat there. <laughs> so far. Yeah. Well, one thing that's 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 different right off the bat is now when instead of doing like in Division One where you had a main mission for this part of the base, a main mission for that part of the base, it, it progressed that story, yeah, and it upgraded that part of the base. This time, it's all about you. True. So in the first part, you have your main missions that are going to get you, I think they're called Shed. I think that's the way they pronounce it in the game, The basically the Division currency. 
you have main missions that are going to give you those drops, like maybe five or six per mission. And then you have some that are going to give you, uh, I don't remember the actual name of them, but it's a yellow yeah. triangle. That's basically for skills. Like you'll get skill points basically for beating that main mission, which will allow you to get the different equipment. Um, so that right off the bat is a visual incentivization of, oh, I can do this main mission to get some more perks, or I can do this main mission to yep. get more skills. And so that right off the bat, it gives me incentivized to play these missions more than, hey, let me just progress the story. Also, I feel like the Mm -hmm. drops are a lot better. I feel like even in the very beginning, like the difference in uh, the guns that I'm getting is very varied. And (laughs) one thing I really appreciate is the very, very one thing I visually really enjoy is the new Mm -hmm. menu setup. Um, I didn't like like the silhouette kind of plain looking menu when you're going to your inventory they've co- like done it completely differently now you know you have is is that right it was silhouettes in division one and then actual images of the guns in division two i can't remember it's been a while <laughs> sorry I, okay i'm pretty sure that i remember the the inventory looks yes, a lot it does. different i'll, I'll um, admit that it looks it looks good as far as but i can't i can't talk and about it looks specifics. very it, yeah, but also something about this game is just way more fun to play. Maybe it's the fact that it's not nearly mm-hmm. as isolated mm-hmm. like the Vision 1 was as far as the world. And the one thing I'm really enjoying is the character uh, mm-hmm. diversity. It's not just, you know, you had diversity with the Rikers, with the Cleaners, with... Um, I didn't ever get to the the uh, militant guys because mm-hmm. I never got that far in the game as far as story goes. But right off the bat, you have... Um, the hyenas which are the first enemies that you're going to encounter and even though there's only a few character models a few different uh versions of the people you're fighting they seem very Mm -hmm. varied you know as (laughs) i did it again they seem really varied as far as what you're encountering and it's a good mix of you've got some soldier types some grenade types rush types and the rush types they've in in advanced as well they seem a lot more aggressive but they also have the thing where they'll do that health yep. boost and run up to you, you know, and it seems like the in- enemy scaling is good yes. as well. That's one big thing that I feel like is really good because like we actually tried to play together division one, but I had two characters. One was too high above you. So it made you pretty much do no damage to him, And the other one was way below you. So it was weird. So what I really like is the scaling. So even if like you bought the game today, you went out and then you joined one of us, it would scale you to be a higher level so that you can actually do damage. Now, I did notice that, for instance, I would go down a lot faster. So the damage the damage intake, I feel like needs a little um, adjustment, but the damage output from your guns, I feel like, um, now obviously I am doing slightly less damage in comparison to Nate. However, it's not so much where I feel like I'm doing nothing because that was the biggest frustration for like Nate, for instance, is that I would be like one shotting everybody, whereas he would be like two clips to get a quarter of their health. Right. Uh, well, in Division 2, it also didn't help when I would be shooting targets and I would look over and you would go, aha, just start running up and then you go down. I'm like, I'm an aggressive right, player. Cool, come back. Like, I'll get you. you know. <laughs> but it, it uh, in terms of scaling, it visually does it as well. We were confused for a minute because at the time I was mm-hmm. rank six. You were rank uh, three, yep. I believe. I think you were three. And when I looked at when it shows your group, it showed you were five. I was like, well, what the hell is that? It 
like what he's talking about with scaling i was six so you were just a level below me and then when i got to rank seven you were six but so um it it definitely has a great adjustment and what you're saying is 100 percent true i remember that time we played division Mm -hmm. one and i was putting four clips four magazines into this guy and doing maybe half mm-hmm. damage. Like I was, I maybe got his health down to like three quarters mm-hmm. or a half. And then you got like two or three shots and he was down. So it was, it's very, very And see, it, that's just really far good for two. newcomers. Because unless you start the game at the same time as one of your friends, jumping into a game like this can be very daunting. It can be very scary. So having this scaling really makes it good for newcomers because what it does is whoever's the highest level, it scales the enemies to that highest level. So like I said, Nate was a little bit ahead of me because he had the day off and I didn't. I work like a normal person. Uh, I don't want to hear it. But it scaled me so that I was just a level below him. And this made it so much good. Because now he can join me. Instead of making me grind and grind and grind, and then I'm finally able to join him because I'm at the same level as him, instead of doing it, that scaling is really good for newcomers. You know, and I feel like that is going to be the most user-friendly version. Because now I can play with a newcomer or even if I wanted to start a second character. So I have like a secondary character. I don't level that one up as much. If you want to if you want to buy the game because maybe, you know, you like what we're saying or whatever, then I can join you. PlayStation 4, sorry, you know, for the Xbox users. But if you want to buy the game now and join us, it's really good for newcomers. I love that. Going back to uh, enemy variancy. Yeah. Sorry I interrupted. In the very big. Be- <laughs> no, no, no. I just, I was doing, uh, I was doing some fact checking on me. Um, we start out with the hyenas and they're very much like kind of similar to the yeah. Rikers in the sense of they're not very yep. militant. You know, they're very like sporadic it, it, and it even shows in the animations. Like if you have a soldier uh, character type that's running up to you, a lot of times he's shooting that rifle yep. like sideways. Like gangsta it's not style. very go, go. precise, you know, like gangsta style, but you go like, let's say, I think at the time when I first encountered them, I was five, I was six with hyenas. And then I got to seven and did another mission that involved the true sons, which is the next right. faction. That was an immediate difference in the way they play. You had new character types, uh, like, like, soldiers that were that were rushers kind of but they were way more heavily armored Mm -hmm. and they were a little bit more tactical in their approach but even that my first encounter with them it was completely different with Mm -hmm. the hyenas Mm -hmm. they were much more stayed in cover they didn't run out nearly as much so i had to use a different process now there's one thing in particular that i really like about the open world the main missions themselves seem to be very structured it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of variance in the main missions the open world however I think is you can see it changing and evolving. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is outside the white house, you've got activities you can do, which I really enjoy, especially they show up as question marks. You don't know what they are. So there's one in particular right outside of the white house. That's a public execution activity, which so you basically have to stop these bad guys from, from executing these people. But it's, it's like a little uh, mission thing. I played it two or two times and it was with hyenas. I got out of a game. I came back in from doing a main mission i went back to that one right outside the white house and it was the true sons this time it wasn't the hyenas so it's not like you're going to be replaying it over and over again with the same enemies there's a bit of variance there which i think is is would you say it was very very neat 
uh, it's very varied. I'm saying variance is a lot. Well, I mean, episode. that's the thing is that it is varied now. Instead of just being varied, <laughs> instead of just being the same thing, and you're going through it, and it's like I've gone down this block, you know, eight times, and it's been the exact same experience. Now, granted, there it is still going to be very similar, but I do feel like they're varying it. So you using the word a lot isn't necessarily your fault. It's just that's how the game is. You know, it's not the same thing over and over again. They do kind of mix it up and they mix it up in interesting ways to keep it interesting. Uh, now I said interesting a lot. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like another, a lot of like little things, like one thing I absolutely love is you have this drone um, or even like the sentry. The sentry turret was in the first one. And in that one, it would just randomly shoot at whoever. Now you can actually pick your targets and so like little things like that i really enjoy because now it, it just adds to the strategy of it it's like okay my drone i want you to attack this guy because i'm gonna focus on this guy and nate's gonna focus on this guy and so being able to be way more strategic about it just adds to the complexity of it because it's like destiny it's like hey let's just go in super 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 and shoot 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 you know and it can be like you could still be strategic obviously but that's one thing i love about the division over the over the destiny um over destiny is the fact of how tactical it is this is a tom clancy game so strategy has a lot to do it and adding something as little just little as choosing a target something as little as that just adds like so much depth to your combat now because then it just it just it's just awesome let's just put it that way now there are some changes that early in game i don't know if i like um kind of jumping into that they've changed a lot of things as far as um, some items so now you have these perks that you can use and you know it's things like upgrade your storage capacity mm -hmm. um so it takes basically takes away from different backpacks give you different storage options it's more in the sense of hey upgrade this perk you can have more storage upgrade this perk and you get more grenades more armor pieces more things like that um they've definitely included that with yeah. attachments as well so now instead of picking up attachments you're pick you're using a perk to get better optics or using a perk to get better foregrips or um extend magazines which at first i don't know if i really like but thinking about it more mm. it takes it takes the option away of it basically takes the looting down in a sense of not overwhelming you with all this different stuff now the focus on the loot is going to be guns and it's going to be True. equipment like you know armor and things like that instead of getting these multi-varied attachments like in division one i can't tell you how how many different silencers with different stats or different foregrips different lasers mm -hmm. that i have and it kind of became i became over encumbered after That's a while a good point. so it takes it takes that away um, but it's something very very different and they've also changed equipment too in terms of your tactical abilities mm -hmm. which this is the, this is the one i don't like especially early on uh the first one which you should get because i think it's it's the it's one of the ones that you should get especially early on is the pulse ability to be able to spot yeah. people speaking about apex this is very similar to blathunda's um eye of the all-father where if you're not close you're not yeah. going to ping any enemies even if you can visually yep. see them now the next step in that is the remote pulse which is makes it better because you can have a more long range it's like it's like it's like you're throwing a grenade but that 
took me by surprise, not in a great way, but I think playing more, it, it, it will mm-hmm. get better. But that, those are a couple things in particular that I don't really yeah. care for, but it's one of those that I'm not going to fault them for it. Um, changing or trying to yeah I, I definitely have to agree with the attachments the fact that we don't have attachments at first i don't know if i'm gonna like because at the beginning it can be very overwhelming because it's like here's a silencer and it's a white silencer or a green silencer but this silencer is the exact same but it has slightly different stats the only reason i don't like this new system you know like instead of just picking up silencers i just unlock the ability to have silencers or whatever the reason i don't like that is because at first it can be very overwhelming and it can just like take you by surprise but what what that takes away is the complexity of in-game loot and so that's one thing because making different builds or whatever that's what I, and i mean that might be taken by you know random rolls of you know guns so i mean that might they might still have the dna of the attachments but now it's just put into the gun itself so that's one thing we're gonna have to get back to because i'm not sure i have to agree where i don't like that but we'll have to see how it goes and yeah as far as like skills or whatever like i so far i've gone a more um attack route but that's because you have the pulse and the shield so i'm like okay i'm gonna go a little bit more attacky um so I have the drone and the chem launcher and the chem launcher I have is the medical chem launcher so I can heal you and send out my drone and I really like that build so far so I'm definitely interested to see just how far it goes how deep it goes and everything now one thing I will say that uh, it's another thing I don't like is the uh, is the apparel system okay Whereas in, you know, Division 1, you would encounter just an NPC, you'd give them water oh, or something, and they would give you, like, a scarf or something like that. I liked that. That was cool. That added a lot of different options. I really don't feel like they give you a whole lot of options as far as appearance goes, you know, in-game. The only thing that I've seen so far is buying the outfits and the appearances off the store, and the only way you can do that is with premium currency. Yeah. So that's that's something that you have to use microtransactions for. There's nothing that you can use in-game to purchase those, which is unfortunate, but also it's I'm not going to go on a microtransaction rant because those are 100% purely right, cosmetic. Right. And that's obviously a good thing. You know, we can't get advantages or anything like that. So to kind of finish it off, I wanted to ask you, Nick, is there anything in particular that you're seeing right now that you hope changes like mid game or, or something like maybe there's something that's not working. Like you already gave one by saying um, they need to fix the amount of damage you're yes. receiving. Uh, they need to change the ratio there. But is there anything that you're not super happy about now that you hope it gets better mid game or you hope that they change? That's hard. That's hard to tell. I mean, so far, uh, because we are early enough in the game, the loot is flowing good at a good pace. I don't feel like other than I do feel like I'm getting more armor pieces than gun pieces or than guns. Should I say, um, I do kind of feel like I would like some more guns, but it's still coming at a good enough pace where I don't have that problem. Uh, gameplay wise is kind of the same way. I, other than some technical issues, which we had a crash and that sucked or whatever. And, uh, we had some slowdowns during a mission where it was just a little jumpy and it seemed like it was the mission itself because as soon as we got back out to the, uh, the real world or the, the open world, um, it fixed itself. It wasn't doing it anymore. So it doesn't, 
Yeah. And I encountered that too. Like when I first played yeah. it, it was so, very choppy. I mean, there's choppy. some technical sides of stuff, but nothing really sticks out to me as overtly negative where it's like they need to change this because this is game breaking but also we are early enough in the game where we haven't really gotten into end game we haven't gotten into pvp or the dark zone which are two separate things so yeah i mean it's hard for me to say right now do you have anything see that um i already said mine pretty much the stuff that i want to see right. change a little bit um in terms of like the the perks and things like that um but what i will say is me and you are, are, are separate i've had a separate experience i'm getting more oh, guns really, yeah. and equipment so i guess the real question yeah, is and so much so this that this is kind of what i wanted to focus on but the real question is is that for somebody on the fence what uh, what would convince them to play this game what can you say about it that will will convince or i mean we don't want to convince anybody who doesn't want to but somebody who's on the fence or somebody who played through the first one and kind of like you nate how you didn't play through the entire thing what's different about this game that you know they should definitely give it a try i'll repeat what i said at the top of this game definitely incentivizes you way more to play it and way more to get to get loot so and grind by how the how grind, do they incentivize by by changing okay. the systems, so the grind in this game is not is not anywhere at all what it Absolutely, was in Division yes. One. I felt like the grind was me to get better guns so I can beat these beat these right okay. beat these missions. I don't feel like that like that in Division Two at all. I feel like I'm beating the missions just fine, and and I if, when I get more guns, it just helps me even more. Like I'm not at I'm not at a disadvantage not having fantastic guns so like I, I was in Division One. Like I couldn't play certain missions because I didn't have good enough guns. True. Like I just couldn't play the missions because so I was I think just getting like demolished. One, one thing that we could say about that is that we don't see as many bullet sponge enemies, and that was definitely one thing because it's a real world setting having a bullet sponge in a real world setting was very jarring for a lot of people and i feel like they fixed that now it's not 100 percent fixed but it's much much better for instance most of the bullet quote unquote bullet sponge enemies show it visually like for instance your purple your purple enemies they have more armor on so the fact that they're taking more hits just makes sense visually and then your yellow actually have armor pieces that will fall off so that's definitely one thing that if you were on the fence about number one because of those reasons because of the bullet sponges they're not gone by any means but they're a lot less prevalent and they make more sense they make yes, sense it makes a lot more sense as far as you know just the the gameplay itself is and how it feels to shoot somebody they react a lot better and they just it seems like you're actually doing damage to them which is definitely one thing in the first one that i feel like a lot of people harped on is the fact that oh i'm just shooting and shooting and shooting there's yeah. also visual cues too apart from armor actually breaking off like hyenas for example the rushers i'm just going that's not their name but I'm, that's what i'm going to call them um if you shoot them in the body, you're going to do more damage. If you shoot them in the head, that that icon of like armor breaking will pop up, showing, "Hey, you're not doing a whole lot of damage because yes. they have face okay. armor." Yep, yep. So aim for the body. So it's yep. stuff like that. And I mean, just the gameplay in general, um, as far as what you mean by like incentivizing, it just seems like this is a feature feature full game. You know, instead of your Destiny Two and your Anthem, where there just wasn't a lot to do 
aside from main missions and everything so far i've had enough keeping me busy where like we did the first in the stream for instance and the stream itself lasted almost like five or six hours right like we went we went long it was about it was about three or four hours. I think we started at like nine sixteen yeah, and finished I, I don't at like twelve. Either way, it was really it was a really long time, but we didn't do a lot of main missions because we were just dicking off in the world, you know. So we were having a lot to do that we didn't have to, and it didn't feel like we were just like checking off icons on a map. It felt like we were we were naturally going Natural. through the world and just finding stuff to do, and so it didn't mm-hmm. like we would go get loot. Like we would go get loot and then yeah. be like, oh, there's a control yeah. point nearby. It was a lot more natural and there's just more to do in general, whether that be in the open world or whether that be the missions themselves feeling like they have more like separating it from skill points to the, you know, the shed points or whatever, like differentiating those missions really makes it so like, okay, what do I want to do next rather than the other one, which they still kind of gate certain things off with level. But in the first one, it was very much like, here's mission one, two, three, four, you know, so on. Whereas this one seems a little bit more like a choice, like, oh, I get to choose which mission I want to do. And so that's nice. The, the focus is very much more isolated like hey look at this instead of being like hey if you want to upgrade this mm-hmm. part of the base do this mission if you want to upgrade that part of the base do that like it's giving you actual motivations to play these missions for your personal game Absolutely. not just for the game of the world so I mean if you're on the fence I mean the the least you can do is go to like a red box red box has games now go check it out um, you can uh, you can talk to us we have a couple of xbox one players in our discord we have obviously us on playstation 4 we do have a couple of pc people as well and you know get get on our discord it's always on our um it's attached to the episode on twitter or it's in the description of the episode you know go on our discord find some people i mean because that's definitely one thing i'll say is that obviously you can solo this if you absolutely want to mr moriarty um but if you I feel like I had 10 times more fun with you than when I tried to grind by myself. See, I even had fun by myself just playing. And I feel like, um, cause in division one, did you no. automatically match make? I, no. f- I feel like, no, you didn't. Okay. I felt like there were a lot of missions where I automatically did match make and I was yeah, playing. I thought you had to queue yourself them. up, but that's another thing too. You may, you may, I think, I think you did, but this also, I don't feel like I need to match up with yeah. anybody in the beginning part. Like, I feel like I can totally run through this, uh, solo yeah. way more than I could have in the first one. Now that might change mid game. Cause that's what happened in division one is mid game. I really had to team up with people. So that mm-hmm. might change, but it definitely, if, if you were like me and liked division one, but didn't love it and felt like it was just exhausting division two, I think yeah. is going to be the game for you. They really did fix yeah. a lot of that. stuff. I mean, let's put it this way. If you like the idea of a live service game, but you haven't been able to find a live service game that actually works. I feel like this is, uh, and I was saying it earlier when we were talking about Borderlands 3, this is the new mark. If you don't meet the level of live service as Division 2 as far as feature complete, not, you know, like so far, you know, I can't tell that they've 
taken out chunks of the game so that they could use it in further things like this is a full game and then when we get bonus stuff it's going to be bonus it's not going to be the rest of the game so if you like the idea of life service games but you haven't been able to find an actual good life service game this is it it is a full game that you will also be able to play for months because they're going to be keep on giving you stuff all right so that's pretty much what we've been doing gaming wise now series wise we both got through umbrella academy give me an overall what you thought about it not we won't go into specifics yet we want to warn people when we go into specifics overall it was definitely an mm. interesting experience i loved it from start to finish but man, the first couple episodes where you don't know what's going on, it's kind it's it's not hard, but it's kind of like, okay, like I'm what is going yeah. on? Like you I like I had that conversation with myself a couple of times. Like, I like this, I like what I'm watching, but yeah. what is going on? When they finally start answering stuff, which they answer pretty fast, it it, it was a, it was definitely a, a yeah. snowball. Okay, effect. yeah, it, definitely. The the farther it got, the more like, okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. You know, um, but I mean, it's enjoyable mm-hmm. from the beginning, but it's one of those that after finishing it, I look at those episodes in a different light now. Like now that I know the context of everything, I feel like I can go back and watch and have a much more yeah. enjoyable experience. I mean, I think the thing I love about it the most is how much it doesn't hold back. This is a weird show and it's not afraid of that. You know, even with like Captain America, Iron Man and just other comic book related properties they usually try to modernize it or they try to make it different whereas this it's weird and it owns that like another really good example is uh runaways it's a hulu series and i feel like they modernized it and they changed it so much that it's not really anything like the comics other than here are characters that are similar to the characters in the comic Whereas this, it it owns its weirdness and it wears its on its sleeve and it's completely okay with being weird and comic booky because that's another thing. Like a lot of comic book materials try to make it as mainstream as possible. Whereas this, it's weird. It's a comic book. If you didn't know that, you're gonna find out pretty freaking soon. Yeah, it you're right. It it doesn't hold back. Like I think that the adaptation of this from mm-hmm. comic book to TV is very true. I mean, it's it's one of those that I've never seen something transition so well in terms mm-hmm. of style, in terms of content, in terms of just the actual heart of it as well as I've seen with Umbrella Academy from yeah, the comics yeah. to the Netflix And I just, show. I love that. I love, you can see a lot I love, of love that there's this, this talking monkey and nobody addresses the fact that there's a talking money monkey, which makes sense because they've lived with the talking monkey since they were little. So of course they wouldn't address the situation, but at any other grounded, either they wouldn't have the monkey at all, or they would have changed him in some way or whatever. And that's another thing from episode one, I could tell that they were taking this serious. This was wasn't just another netflix series this was like the production quality um and this is how i tried to sell it to you because i watched it before you but i tried to sell it to you in the sense that from the very first episode i could tell that they were they put a lot into it as far as either money or effort because the monkey um remind me his name pogo 
Pogo, okay, yeah. Pogo. I almost wanted to say Pojo, but I'm like, that's not right. So Pogo, the monkey, the the graphics and the special effects that they put into that monkey is almost the same quality that they do in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I mean, the motion capture, the just visual CGI, it, it's it's not something you see in a Netflix show. Now, I feel like that term's going to go away really quickly because Umbrella Academy, to start, is... I think a new evolution in so. Netflix shows. I mean, the, the and now it's something if you didn't know, this went through development hell for a yeah. while, Umbrella Academy did. They were trying to find a studio to do a movie adaptation and switch to TV. And so it went through a little bit until it finally found its home on Netflix. But I think that it being on Netflix is was the yeah. perfect decision. Um, because Netflix has always been the type to, hey, we're, we're definitely for going against the status quo let's yeah. do something different and this show is the definition of yeah, doing, doing something, something different. against the mainstream against the status quo you know and i mean uh, going back to the special features it's like if you see something on if you see something on nbc it's like the the special effects are very you know okay yes this is on this is on nbc uh sci-fi they almost have their own style of cg you know what I mean? Like their CG and their special effects are very kind of sci-fi and like, okay, yeah, this is definitely something. And it's like, you can tell that, yes, they spent money on it. Even the really good ones. It's like, yes, you can tell they spent money on it, but maybe they just didn't spend time on it. You know what I mean? Whereas this is very much, they spent the money and the time because sometimes that's just as important as how much, you know, dollars you just throw at it is how much time you spend on each like hair follicle of the freaking chimpanzee. It's just like, Oh my God. It's just, Oh, it's so much good. It's like if, if they would have came out and said that they had Andy circus come and help them with it, I wouldn't be surprised because he did the Mowgli. So if they told me that Andy Serkis came by and they're like, okay, this is what you need. You need to change that, change that. If they would tell me that, I wouldn't be surprised at all, honestly. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, do you want to get into um, Yeah. So we're going to talk about more specifics. So um, for anybody who has not watched the movie or movie and if anybody who has not seen the show this is the time to go ahead and skip forward uh we'll make sure to put it in the timestamps. like here's where you need to skip to so this is done and i'm talking for a long time just so that if you're in your car you can get to your thing and skip forward that's why i'm talking for so long so Let's get into the more specifics about it and the more like nitty gritty of it. You think that's long enough? <laughs> yeah. All right. We're starting. We're starting okay. spoilers now. Oh my god. So, I mean, the definitely one thing that is uh, the hook of the entire season, obviously, is the fact that the world's going to end, and so now they have to figure out a way to stop it. But the mystery behind it, it takes a while. It takes almost the entire season, because this is very much a getting the band back together, you know, thing, which, of course, I bitched about that for Avengers. <laughs> but it's different when it's a series, obviously, because, you know, they have a lot more time for, like, character development and everything. Right, I agree. That that was that's part of my frustration with yes, the first part of the I series. Uh, first part of the season is like it gives you, the, but it doesn't give you an explanation, you know. And it 
it's annoying at first kind of and then when you go, get deeper into it it makes much 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 more sense because if you look at it in the lens of nobody knows what's going on not even number five when you look at it in that light it's like oh that kind mm-hmm. of makes sense why we're not getting a whole lot of exposition on you know what's going on but let me ask you towards the last half of the season when we really started getting into mm-hmm. the end of the world stuff where did you think it was gonna go um i mean i i thought they were gonna save the world big spoiler there i thought they were gonna actually save it and so them having to do you know them having to basically go back in time (laughs) i did not see that coming um for sure especially since they have to go and, and when they do it they go back to their you know kid form or whatever i'm like damn like i definitely didn't i'll get into that in a, i'll get into that in a second too because i have a point on that but did you what what did you think was oh that's what apocalypse? you mean when it's kind yeah, of started to yeah, explain i definitely yeah. thought that well first off um <sighs> what's ellen page's character's number something with a v Vanya. I wanted to say Violet because it was, you know, very similar. But Vanya, uh, Vanya not having special powers, that didn't fool me. (laughs) That did not fool me from day one. Right. That that's another thing about the show is nothing fools you. Like the you for me, there's only one episode where True. I didn't know what was going to happen. Like I there was uh, for all I was like, okay, I know it's going to happen. Like when we meet Leonard Peabody for the first oh, time, yeah, like, something's yeah. not right about this guy. Something is not right. But then the next episode when they start to grow their relationship, I'm like, oh, maybe that's different. And then nope, the next episode, not, nope, eh, it's not different. It's yeah, not different. Um, so that is one thing, but what I'll say about that is the journey is what's so interesting. Like, you know, the destined, like yeah. the notebook, for example, I say that because when my wife and I first got together, she wanted to watch the notebook. And within five minutes, I was like, oh, so is what, is this what's happening? And I explain it and she goes, I don't even want to watch this movie anymore. So I knew it was coming, but after she actually made me sit down and watch it again. And the journey yeah. was what I enjoyed, even though I knew what the destination was going to be. Yeah. So that's very I mean, much like, the show. I... I definitely didn't know it was going to be Vanya that ended the world. Um, And then when we did start having him try to train her, then I'm like, oh, she's going to end the world. So, I mean, it was about halfway through that I did find out, okay, it's going to be her. Because um, they try to set it up at first. You don't see her body amongst the remains or whatever. And you're just like, well, yeah, she doesn't have powers. Why would she be there? But then it's like, oh, it's because it's her, you know, and he's trying to train her. And you you think it's going to be him that convinces her to do it. But it's actually him getting killed. That's like that part, because you were talking about it in um, in our pre-show or post-show last episode or something. And you were very much like, like, oh, my God, um, what's her face just died. And I can't wait to see where they take this character. And I'm like, dude, watch the first five minutes of the next episode. <laughs> Yeah, that was another thing. That was the first time in a while where I, I I visually and physically felt and made a movement. Like whenever they're having that exchange, yes. which was very passionate, like Ellen Page just screaming at her. And like she finally goes, don't, like I, I could feel the emotion swelling up where she's like, don't make me do it. And then when she says, I heard a rumor and she slices her throat, I, vi- yep. I actually went, <gasps> definitely, and I was like, oh my God. And like that was that was mm-hmm. set and done so well um and then 
story-wise, I think it's, I think it's, you know, she spoilers again, she survives, but I like how they take that power away yeah. from her where they're like, her vocal mm-hmm. cords are completely damaged, you know, which makes her powerless, which makes her kind of have to change who she is as a person. Now, going back to what I, what I asked you, I sent you a text message watching episode eight or nine. And I was like, okay, I'm just confused oh, okay. on where this is going. So what I meant by that was, um, when it when they got the note from the commission saying protect Harold Jenkins and they showed the exposition mm-hmm. of who Harold Jenkins was, I'm like, okay, this guy starts the apocalypse. And then when he's training Vani, I'm like, well, how? Like, I know this guy's goal isn't to start the apocalypse. I know this guy's goal right. is to kill the Umbrella Academy. So what? So what is it? Like, that's what I was confused about. Especially whenever she killed him and she went back to the academy, I was like, so what's happening? Like. You know, and I storytelling, it's kind of a trope, but I like how the episode before last, they were like, oh, well, we stopped the end of the world. You know, uh, what are we going to do now? I liked that that little bit of back and forth. And uh, then going into the, the final episode, here's where time travel is very tricky and time travel and storytelling is very tricky. If she would have if if it if she would have just killed the Academy when she when she caused the building to collapse and that's how they died and she just went on with her recital how would she have ended the world that's a good point yeah if they what ended the world was them trying to stop her and them stopping her from using her power and causing that beam of energy to shoot into the moon that's what caused the right. apocalypse so if well, my whole thing is is if the umbrella academy just sat there and did nothing would the apocalypse have happened um yeah i don't know that's really the yeah. That's that. That's where it really does get a little tricky, as far as you know. I don't know, like, cause she did seem kind of murder happy when she was on her way to her recital. Right, but I don't think she would have ended the world mm, yeah. like the way the way. What, what what? So first off, I love how they ended the world. I didn't know how they were right. going to, but when it did that thing where she shot that into the moon, I was like, oh light bulb that makes 100 percent mm-hmm. sense that makes 100 percent sense if she would have just gone on with her recital yeah she may have wiped out like the city or maybe a city mm-hmm. block but i don't think her herself could have done something enough to end the world the way that in the way they show it like when he five jumps to the future mm-hmm. it's it's desolate on fire like the moon crashed yep, into the world definitely. so it's one of those things like of course it can't be a show if they just sit back and do right, nothing. of course yeah um but what I think I really loved, and I said this to you on stream, and I don't think you understood what I was saying. Um, there are some things that, especially in the last episode, that they don't answer. They don't answer mm-hmm. at all. They don't answer how Ben died. They don't answer yeah. um, that whole thing that they showed with Hargreaves, like that flashback. Like, what the f- was that? What do you mean? Which flashback? The, in the beginning of episode 10 where it shows him on his with his wife's deathbed and he opens the window and there's missiles coming out of the sky and he opens his mason jar full of these like floating fairy looking things and and lets him out what was that i honestly have no idea obviously what you're he's in the, about. it's in the beginning of episode hmm. 10 like it starts in the past it's like years hmm. ago and it shows when he goes to when he get when he immigrates to the u.s and like he sees the umbrella shop and he buys the umbrella shop and that becomes the umbrella hmm. academy the the what they're showing there is like oh hargreaves is really old like this was in like the 1920s right. but i guess also i guess also it doesn't really give you a point of time it doesn't tell you what what year it is yeah so mm-hmm. but anyway um the, yeah go back and watch the beginning of episode because, 10 yeah, because no there's there's just talking about that i have no idea what's going on in that scene it looks like he 
to me, if I could speculate, it seems like he might be in some ways a part of the commission or he may be a being like the commission where he doesn't exist in any point in in time. Because that that scene, in particular, when he opens that window, you've got missiles flying out of the sky like someone's launching Mm -hmm. nukes and it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But they, I didn't think that this, this series was going to answer everything in season one. And I think they very much did a fantastic job of setting up a season two especially with the idea of you know at the end whenever he decides to take everyone back in time i didn't know what he meant i didn't know like if he was saying like hey let's go back and let's let's try this again what i think they're doing and what i think is going to happen in season two is we're going to see them Mm -hmm. as kids we're going to actually see them as kids not as adults who are just completely messed up you know messed up dysfunctional family i think that he's good they're going to go as their former selves and try to change everything which i I think is going to be super fascinating. But what I said to you that I don't think you that I don't think made sense to you is this is the first time I'm watching an adaptation of something that I want to immediately go read the comic of or the book of to get the answer to because I want these questions answered. Mm-hmm. I'm, I kind of don't want to wait f- to see it on Netflix. I want to know. I want to get the answers that I'm seeking right now. Yeah. Yeah. It made me want to go do that. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I feel like they did a really good job of just like, you know, really making me want to see the next season but not in a frustrating way at all like what they didn't answer or what they didn't answer wasn't so wasn't so like important necessarily like obviously there were some important things but they need to leave those breadcrumbs there um but it was enough where yeah i was i was very excited to see now i think one of the most interesting things that they did um and it was almost like oh come on but one of the most interesting things they did is they had the one episode where you know um the ape guy you know he finds out that he was up in the moon for no reason and then he ends up dancing with um the girl and they end up kissing and then five goes back in time and it literally reverses time and i'm like oh my god but it was such an interesting way of doing it because then we see the same things start to happen but a completely different way and it also puts a really interesting as far as like time is relative quote unquote because as five was doing his stuff time was still technically going forward because he hadn't this is the confusing part (laughs) time was still going forward because he hadn't gone back to that particular time where everybody's in the living room and they're talking and he that's when he gets back so time is relative as far as like he wasn't he he was doing his stuff back in time and you know and he did the whole hindenburg thing and you know he shot up a bunch of people or whatever and he blew up you know but that was happening at the same time everything else was happening so then when he decided to go forward to the part where they're meeting in the living room you know he had to basically all that didn't happen but the way they showed that was really interesting as a viewer too it it gave you a uh a opposite reaction too like you know you see that happen you see her go ahead and find that journal and maybe start to question what he's really doing you see luther you see luther and allison finally having this this resolution to this lifelong love that they've had and it finally comes to a head then five goes back in time and then time continues on and you have the antithesis of them having that connection to 
to him it's finding like her. You have the information, dead. but the characters don't, and you're like, oh, this is what could have been. So Viola, right? But it's one Viola, of those. God dang it, Viola, Vanya found out that he was a bad guy but then we go back in time to where she didn't know he was a bad guy but we as a we as the audience do know and to see that it was just such an interesting thing that i've i haven't really seen any show do before well yeah for me what i took away from it the most was seeing them finally be in love and confirming Mm -hmm. their love to jumping to oh no i'm finding her dead basically Mm -hmm. and i'm like heartbroken Mm -hmm. as a viewer that hit me a lot you know, they, they, they showed you both yeah, sides. Yeah. I mean, it was, which was very yeah, was well just done. Such an interesting way of doing it. And just like, it's so cool. Cause like usually, usually when, when time travel is involved, it's very much when they go back in time, they're confirming what already happened basically. Uh, like in uh, Terminator Three, you know. Oh, don't get me started on Terminator. I'm just saying that, that is the worst. Let me worst get there. Let me get there. Time. She says every night. Oh, so but let me get there. Um, no, Terminator Three. They don't stop Judgment Day. They just make sure that they survive Judgment Day. So most of the time, when time travel is, oh, another really good Prisoner of Azkaban. In that one, they oh. don't stop the events from happening. They make sure that they happen. And in fact, the Bureau in the show, they don't stop events. They make sure that the events happen. So it's funny to see something completely different where these events did happen, but now we see them happen again, but in completely different ways. And that's, I've never seen that because that's usually how time travel works is that they don't actually change anything because it's already happened so to see something like that and they actually reverse time is just such an interesting concept yeah and it's one of those that and they they bring it up a lot in the show like especially the commission they're like look anything that will have is going to happen will happen there's nothing you can do to stop it which they do confirm but like you're saying it's the way they Mm -hmm. handle it now the way i want to finish this off is who is your favorite character and least character so far um let's see that's a hard one um see i'm really bad with names i don't know why but i, I really me, am but the, who's the, the ape guy luther. luther i think luther is my favorite because of the change that he had to go through he was very much i'm on dad's side i'm dad's soldier And so the change that he has to go through as far as, you know, he finds out he went to the moon for nothing. He was there because his dad was ashamed of what he did to him and he wanted to give him purpose, but he couldn't do that here on earth or something. Um, I think he was my favorite and I guess my least favorite. I don't know. That's hard. That that's the hard one because everybody has such an interesting, like, especially like, um, Damn it! Who's the druggie? Klaus. Klaus. See, I, like my problem is I'm always close to the name, but I'm I know that it's wrong and so, like Violet. Like I know that's not right, but for some reason it's close enough where I think it's right for a millisecond. Anyways, so Klaus, him going back in time to freaking Vietnam and f- falling in love with somebody that was such an interesting. Um, story arc and even when you find out what um i i know a rumor girl when you find out what she does 
it's really interesting. Everybody has a really good arc, and I feel like you don't see that a lot in in series. Usually, somebody gets left behind. Somebody doesn't receive as good of an arc. I guess the only one that really doesn't have as good of an arc is the Blade guy. So I guess I would say him, even though yes, he decides not to kill her at the very end or whatever. But I still feel like it wasn't as as revelational as most everybody else's. Um, story arc so I, I would say that probably so for me i think klaus is going to be my favorite mm-hmm. character and i think what cemented that was that episode where he went back yes. to vietnam yeah i can um, agree and most mostly mostly the way they told the story of him leaving with the briefcase and then him coming back on the same bus completely like distraught and bloodied and like him breaking the briefcase and then seeing that happen that cemented him as one of my favorite characters and then especially him getting into the arc of being sober yeah that was one of those oh and i was talking about that scene of going back in time when he finally saw dave and then that was taken away from him and he couldn't do it again oh Oh, yeah and see that was another interesting Um, thing as far as like he went back in time but we didn't get to see what happened back in time and it was really just through the way he was acting and the little flashbacks but it wasn't like like a lot of other um, series, what they'll do is they'll have a whole episode like dedicated to that back in time thing, you know, and I'm glad that they didn't do that. And instead they just went with a really interesting story. Yeah. I think my least favorite character is number five. I think number five. Yeah. Is a prick. I can agree I with really that. Do. I can agree with that now. I that really, really do. Because, um, He's in, he's integral in the story right. 100%, but he's just an asshole. He's just an yeah, asshole. Yeah, it's like the, um, people ask him a question, and he's like, that's irrelevant. It's like um, Isaac from the Orville. Like, he's like, oh, that's illogical, and he just says it because he's a robot. But it's like, I don't like it when Isaac does it, but it makes sense because he's a freaking robot. But meanwhile, you have this character who's a human being, but he's acting like, oh, that's irrelevant. It's like... It would take you like two seconds to explain. Why are you being stupid? And characters like that, I'll I'll agree, I don't like. At number five, I really didn't think had had a, like, with all the other characters, you had your likes with them and your dislikes. I never really liked number five. Nothing about him in season one. I was like, oh, I don't you know, a good Dolores. Like, right. Dolores was a really interesting... Uh, even Dolores, <laughs> man. Like, the, the when we see who Dolores is, yes, I enjoyed that as... I, him as an adult i enjoyed but him i guess because he went back in time and he's a kid again and he's very grumpy i guess that explains Mm -hmm. it but like his whole story arc as an adult i really enjoyed now i do want to give an honorable mention to hazel hazel is a character absolutely that i enjoyed his arc from start to finish i enjoyed him as an i enjoy him as an actor because he did a phenomenal job in mindhunter Mm -hmm. playing i don't ed keen i think was his name or ed kemp it was either ed keen or ed kemp and he played who he wanted this role a lot and he really did it very well but hazel like from the beginning i found him funny i found him really relatable and then his whole arc to the conclusion like the scene whenever they were at the theater and he was like there's vanya and then uh he goes oh well here's your stop and speeds up and projects her out of the car <laughs> yeah and then goes back and kills the kills um the handler i was like oh that was so satisfying yeah. That was so satisfying. Definitely. definitely. And then especially since the world ends and they're just like kissing each other. That was nice. That was nice. So we would love to hear what your guys' thoughts are on 
Umbrella Academy, have you seen it? Obviously, if you're listening to the spoilers, <laughs> but if you listen to the spoilers, let us know what you thought about it. But also, this will be the good time mark for you to come back. So hopefully you're back and you're listening to us and, you know, let us know. Are you going to watch it? If you have seen the first couple of episodes, what, have, what do you think so far? Let us know. Uh, you can go to Twitter or Gmail and everything. So let us know. We're uh, Next up, we're going to be doing our picks of the week. All right, so picks of the week. This is where we just pick something for a week, and <laughs> we let you know like uh, what, what we've been uh, not apart from weekly grind. Obviously, that's what we've been doing. This is kind of an option to say these are our recommendations. These are what we think you should watch. Which I guess weekly grind does that too. But just just go with it, okay? This is just more like an ending yeah, thing. It's just, not, yeah, we're not having a conversation about you know, it. This is your homework assignments for the week, people. So, Nate, you want to start us off? All right, so, yes. So, mine is one of the best internet <laughs> videos I've seen in a long, long time. It comes from Nerdist. And what it is, is it is a parody for Shallow from A Star Is Born called A Star Wars Is Born. Yeah. I can attest so this. I've of, already done my homework, and yes, this is—it's a pretty good video. Well, so first off, it's a very good like parody yes, song. Yes. Like, it's not bad, badly done. It's like quality, like like the song. It's really good, and it also just—it's—it's it's a one for one, like very funny uh, parody of of that song in the video and in the actual uh, music of it, you know, it from the beginning, I'm like, oh, this is enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like it's still enjoyable to listen to. Um, <laughs> I saw it and I could, I saw I watched it like three times in a row. Like I was in tears. I was like laughing so hard at it. It's it's very much uh, very good very good job for Nerdist. Yep. Good job, everybody. And it's called a Star yep. Wars is Born on Nerdist yep. on YouTube. Very good. Yeah, I I can attest to that. Um, another thing which I'm legit pissed off that Nate didn't do what I told him to, which is to watch Love, Death, and Robots. From the very there, it's an anthology, so it's basically like the Animatrix, where each one is like a different story, different art style, and everything. But oh my god, like the biggest negative that I could say about it is that each one could be its own movie, and I just want to see more of each story. That's the negative, and if that's the negative, it has to be pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like Castlevania season one, all you wanted was more, you know what I mean? But each one of these. Like the longest each one lasts is about, you know, 14 to 15 minutes, but each one has a really good, like it sets up the world pretty fast. You're, you know, it's like, boom, boom, boom. It's a very much just this nice little short film that you get. And I, I like each one, each one. I have not seen one that I don't like. There is one that is very weird as far as like, the point of it is just kind of like, oh, okay. But the art style kind of makes up for it. Like, you know, in like a Scanner Darkly where um, they basically took, they took the um, the footage and they just made it cell shaded. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. It's something yeah. similar. Like, I can't tell. I genuinely can't tell sometimes. You know, sometimes it's super obvious. But I genuinely can't tell sometimes when it's CG versus when it's a real-life person. And they just have... Like, I guess, like, the body, there are certain 
elements of the body that is a real person's body and then there are certain like cell shaded like uh, around the nipple there's like these little circles and i'm like okay so that's just the artistic side and then her face in particular is real but then like you see her butt and it's like that's a real person's butt or that's a real person's uh coat i don't know that it's really it's it's such an interesting art style so it sort of makes up for the fact that the story itself is kind of just an excuse to see boobs and stuff (laughs) but it's still such an interesting and then there's this one oh my god there's this one where it's basically they're on this farm and then there's like these insectoid creature you know alien creatures that go and try to kill their cows and that entire thing all i could think is i want this game I want this game. It needs to be a game. It needs to be like a tower defense, mech defense game, and I want it. I want this. Please make this into a video game. I mean, that's I haven't heard a better reason to watch the show than what you're giving right now. Oh, and I mean, there's this one. It's on a space station, and, you know, it's like it's a mind game. He ends up seeing the quote-unquote real world and how it actually looks, and I'm like, oh, my god oh another thing to really point out about this is that it is brutal it is brutal the very first one is essentially pokemon for adults and it is gory as crap there are giblets and there are there is blood and oh my god and a lot of the different um storylines have very very extremely gory stuff happen and you see some cock i'm i'm gonna throw it out there you see some penis and if you are uncomfortable with penis then you might be uncomfortable with parts of this show because they'll just show a penis because they feel like it really (laughs) like there's no there it's not adding anything to the story other than yeah that's what a penis looks like Penis for a penis. I mean, like there are so many, there's so many like um, movies where it's like there'll be a reason for the nudity, and in this one, like that. Okay, so there is a negative. There's nudity for nudity's sake, and I don't normally like that. I don't normally like, but considering that this is very much, it's called Love, Death, and Robots. Like I could see, like that's what they were going for. Like they were just going for like a raw, uncut look at at certain things, and I really like that. But I mean. Back to what I was saying before, I haven't seen one that I hate. I haven't seen one that I'm just like, you know, I don't like that. Because even if it's not good, the art style kind of makes up for it. So I I challenge you, go to our Discord, go to our Twitter. I challenge you, tell me which one you don't like. It, it is a challenge because... Um, they're just all so good and they're all so bite-sized too so like i was up till one because my daughter was you know having a night and she didn't really want to go to bed so i'm like you know what let's go watch which of course i'm watching this with my three-year-old but she doesn't understand what a penis is so um but it was just so enjoyable just watching one after another after another after another and each one just being as as interesting as the last and as varied as the last and as well told as the last and i mean even in animatrix is a really good example because it's very much like the animatrix even in the animatrix there was a couple that i'm just like i don't like this please move on you know whereas in this very opposite i loved every single moment of it so that's my recommendation that's your homework for the week go and i i challenge you find one that you don't like i mean let's just let's just 
that's the homework for the week. That is our picks of the week. Thank you so much, Nate, for joining us. Oh, you're very, very and much I welcome. And I mean, that third chair, very we great. always like you, Wind. Yeah, yeah. Some really controversial stuff that you've been talking about. And honestly, we're going to have to censor a lot of what you said. You know, you might not even be in the episode because of how much we didn't like your opinion. So, but maybe we'll have you on again. We'll see. All right. And thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of Nerd to the Third, where you can always talk nerdy to me.